great future. We're talking real money. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the end of the year. It's over. Yes, it's over. I'm so excited. I can't wait for the new one. Not that a day change. I've never understood really, though, how a day changes anything. I should stop saying that because it's not true. I go like, uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's tomorrow. It's the day after today. Oh, 2023. I do have to remember to write 2023 on almost nothing now. I don't have to remember to write it on my checks because I don't write checks anymore. So, uh, and my computer tells me what year it is. So I think I'm in pretty good shape. So it's really just another day. But welcome to the end of 2022 and the near beginning of 2023. This is the last show of 2022, and you can have 2022. I'll give it to you. And we're going to talk about money here on Talking Real Money, thus the name of the show. I'm Don McDonald. Tom Cock is hanging out in beautiful Maui in the state of Hawaii uh, for his son's wedding. They had a wedding on the beach yesterday all the rage i hear and you're there wherever you are could be anywhere and you can call me if you have questions about money that's really what the show's about you asking questions me trying to get them answered 855-935-TALK is that phone number 855-935-8255 and you can call that number anytime but you can call it during the show when i'm here live on uh news radio 1097 on Saturdays from noon to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. And then this becomes a podcast later. We are at a point where for retirees, near retirees or retirees, we have an almost perfect storm for the the most pathetic of purveyors of financial products, the really bad brokers, the insurance agents. This is they can smell the blood in the water. They're like sharks. And this is chum for sharks. For, for, this is chums for sharks. For these sharks. I mispronouncing that on purpose. Uh, because we have a, a year in which both stocks and bonds fell pretty dramatically. We'll talk more about that on a future podcast. But And we have you who may be approaching or in retirement and concerned about those assets you saved for years going down in the future. This sets you up to be taken advantage of. And that is what will be happening with a vengeance here at the beginning of 2023. The the steak dinners will be coming out of the woodwork. All those free steak dinners that are almost always paid for, strangely enough, by an insurance company. Hmm. How is it insurance companies can pay for all these steak dinners? Could it be the big commissions they make? Yeah, could be. You're going to be pitched products, and you're probably going to be pitched products that involve some sort of an annuity wrapper around them. Generally, these days, you know, years ago, it was the, uh, the the hot new variable annuities that everybody wanted. These days, it's the indexed annuities because they tell you you can get the returns of the markets with none of the risk. Please bear something critical in mind. The vast majority, majority, in fact, some studies have put it at 
99% of those who provide professional, in big old air quotes, financial advice are not required to do what's best for you. They are not required to do what's best for you. Now, they can say they are because funny thing about lying, we we all know it's pretty easy to get away with. <laughs> Just watch the news. You 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 didn't go to college, so what? Say you did. Uh you you're not a fiduciary, so what? Say you are. Just go ahead and say it. No one's gonna check. And you're gonna get sold something that you're going to regret later because you thought they were providing you with a high yielding absolutely safe investment. Remember, high returns with no risk do not exist. Do not exist. Anyone who claims to offer you a high return with no risk is a bald-faced liar, and you can tell them to their face that I said so, and if they want to challenge me, have them call me. If they have the guts to do it, I would love to tell them why they're a liar. And avoid these things like the plague. Because I have to tell you, the one thing they're reasonably good at, they've been trained reasonably well at uh, a, a, a sales pitch that relies on, it's almost misdirection. They tell you things that are partially true. For example, I've sat through these pitches and they say, well, look at this chart of the S&P 500 and look at how bad it did for all these years. When what they show you is the chart of just the price of the S&P 500, not the actual value of the S&P 500 when you factor in dividends and reinvestment. And the numbers are much, 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 much different. So you're going to be misled. Know that going in. And unless you have an incredible ability to resist a sales pitch, you are likely going to get put into something that pays that idiot who sold it to you a commission that can exceed 8%, leaving you with a with an investment that doesn't return anywhere near what you thought it would, what they claimed it might, but never put in writing, and in which you are locked for a decade or more. So be careful. Be very, very careful. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. It is absolutely free. It is totally easy. I love to help people. If you're about to do something, call me before you do it. If you've done something, let's see what we can do. If you're confused about what direction to go, let's alleviate some of that confusion 855-935-TALK Tom and Don are talking real money your guides to a really great financial future Tom and Don are talking real money oh and by the way I neglected to mention if the sales pitch that you're getting involves moving transferring or rolling over assets from a 401k or a 403b into an IRA then the the person providing the advice now, according to new Department of Labor rules, is required, required 
to tell you why. In writing, that is in your best interest. And so you want to make sure they do tell you that, because to do otherwise is actually a, uh, against the law. But again, they lie all the time. They just lie. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. And Justin, it's your turn. Welcome to the show. Hey, Don. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing today? I'm hanging in. Thanks for being there. Good, good. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for all you and Tom do. I've uh, listened to you for about a year now, and you've really uh, given some good advice for uh, where I should take my finances. Awesome. Um, so I have a question about a Roth IRA. Um, I, Myself and my wife currently both have one. Mine is with Vanguard. I've got mine 50% in VTSAX, 40% in VTIAX, and 10% in VBR. Um, so I think that's a pretty good, um, aggressive mix. Um, my wife, um, we had hers, you know, about, you know, we got, we both opened ours up, um, when we first started working, which was about in 2006 and mine was with Vanguard. Hers was with T. Rowe Price. And since I've been listening to the show, I, I know that I could probably do a little bit better than there. So I transferred hers over to, um, to Schwab mm-hmm. and I put hers in uh, 10% AVUV, mm-hmm. 40% AVDE and 50% AVUS to kind of mirror what I have in Vanguard. I know that's not in your three fund portfolio, but I just want to get your idea on that. There are so many great ETF portfolios that we couldn't possibly list them all. And it would be silly to do so. But is that a good, I mean, that's not just good. That's a great allocation for somebody who's relatively aggressive. And in an IRA, okay. you, you, if you have time, it's a good place to be aggressive. Oh, absolutely. We, um, you know, I, when I first started investing in uh, 06, 07, you know, went through the downturn in 08. And, you know, just kept with it. And I was amazed, like, you know, six, seven years later, how much that had all grown, um, you know, after surviving the downturn. I know that there's going to be more coming, but, um, <laughs> you know, myself, I'm a teacher, so I've got a pension. My wife's a secretary. She'll also have a pension uh, through the school system. So, you know, we're, we should, by the time we hit retirement, we're in our early 40s now, have, um, you know, have a decent amount there to pay our bills. And this will just be, you know, the, the excess. It's it's interesting. You you wanted to mirror uh, your portfolio with your wife's portfolio using the Avantis ETFs, the U.S., the small cap, the internationals, and all. Uh, but what's funny is that with Avantis, your wife is actually more aggressive than you are. She has a, a tilt towards small cap. She has a bigger tilt towards small in value, and uh, so it's you actually have even better joint portfolio diversification because of what you did with her instead of putting her at Vanguard too. You have better diversification across the entire portfolio. The family awesome. portfolio. Awesome. Good to hear. Uh, do, you, do you have time for one more question? Of course. All right. So I, um, I wrote in, you know, a few months back, I probably wasn't able to make it to, uh, to the show, but I also have a 403B through my job and you know, I started it early again when I was 25 and I first started working. It's unfortunately with an insurance company. Ah. And every year, um, I'm outside of the surrender period now because it's been over 12 years, so I could move it. It's just that I don't really know if any of the other options that my school district offers are good options. 
Is this something that I could list the options that I'm giving you now, or is sure. this, would this be more for a private No, profile? go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Just give me the groups, right. and I can tell you so a lot. We have Ameriprise. <laughs> okay, no. Gotcha. We've got Ameriprise. Okay, we start with a no. Right. We've got Aspire. Nope. AXA Equitable. No. Franklin Templeton Fund. No. Okay, even though the Templeton Dragon Fund is pretty good? Nope. It's expensive. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I heard you really at the Dragon Fund, though. No, we lied. We were... No, <laughs> no, that was another fund. We must stop. <laughs> wait, wait, I, that was... Okay, you, okay, yeah, I get that. That was a, that was one of those episodes where we're going, why would that person want to be in Templeton Dragon? It's ridiculous. What else you got? Anything? I know. I was just seeing... I was just Checking to see if you remember that. That was funny. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, the Great American Life Insurance Fund. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the opposite of. Okay, go ahead. All right. All right. Invesco. No. All right. MetLife. No. Is where I currently have it that I'm looking to move it. Um, Oldham Resource Group. Nope. O-L-D-H-A-M. Penserve. Nope. Security benefit life insurance. Oh my gosh, no. And Voya. Oh my goodness gracious. Are you sure these are the only options? These are the only options. These are the ones that get sent out to us once a year, saying that these are the options if you want to invest in a four oh three B. And I know that, you know, where I have it isn't great. But how big uh, but how big is your school district, Justin? Um I'd say employee-wise, there's probably, you know, 1,000 to 1,200 employees total, oh. maybe 1,500. Okay. Here's what you need to do. Do you like do you like rabble-rousing a little? <laughs> it all depends. How bad? This is good rabble-rousing. Do you, are you friends with other okay. teachers or yeah. employees there? Why don't you get yeah. together with a group of them and create a letter and ask them to share it with their friends to ask them to bring in uh, somebody like Vanguard or Fidelity um, or Schwab or someone else to bring in some other choices? That tell And what you want to tell them in this note is that you would like some some non-commissioned, low-fee index options, which are not available to you right now. And what I would suggest you do is, is, is note, just note very nicely in the letter that you have heard from some advisors that they, that trustees of this plan could be in violation of their fiduciary duty to the employees if they don't make such a choice available. Okay. Okay, is this a Seattle area school district? I will, um, no, I'm in Connecticut. Darn it! I could shame them. I could shame them with the show. Oh, <laughs> oh. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but I, let me tell you a little story. Thirty years ago, the a guy from the Albuquerque school district called and said, "We all we only have insurance companies." I said, "Get a petition together with employees and ask for Vanguard." They did so, and six months later, they got Vanguard. So it's worth trying. Thanks for the call. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 
somebody somewhere has got to step in and solve this problem of really bad 401 or 403b plan investment options because the school districts they're either being manipulated by salespeople or they're in cahoots with the salespeople and you notice that you don't see these kind of choices in these terrible choices as often in 401k plans because they're governed by ERISA and uh, that protects the uh, the employees against high cost investment products and prohibits not ask, acting in their best interest. But there is an implied fiduciary standard even in a four hundred three b. So I really would I would raise some cane and make some noise. This isn't the kind of noise that rises to you know a labor dispute, but it certainly is worth addressing at least eight five five. 935-TALK is our phone number here. Give me a call. I'm Don. Tom's on vacation. Nancy's waiting. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi. Hey, what's hey, up? I have a new thing for me. Well? Yes, ma'am? I went to some money, and I was listening to your um Okay, Nancy, 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 I need you. I need to have you hang on for a minute. You you have a bad cell signal. Um, can you get okay. like closer to a window or something? Or yeah, because okay, I think you're better now. Go uh, ahead. I will try. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. I'm going to try to uh, actually just returning home. My home is my worst place for cell. Okay. How is this better? Better. Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me better now? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead okay. and start over. Okay, I have um, come into some money, and I was listening to your thoughts about annuities. Mm-hmm. And um, I have um, ha- and, uh, some advice from our uh, a financial guy, <clears throat> who I'm going to meet with next week, regarding a fixed annuity. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the differences between, I mean, the fixed annuity, the way he explained it to me, sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. Because if there's not a lot of, of of gain. It doesn't sound like there won't be a lot of money um, increase, but that it's safe, mm-hmm. and um, there is um, there will be a, a ability to to take out interest. Oh, sure. Interest. Now, uh, d- did he tell you what the rate was on this annuity? He gave me an example of a five-year annuity uh-huh. at 5.4 or 5.2, depending on the company and depending on um, the writers. Right. No, it, 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 it depends the, on, on the choices. Yeah, on the choices you get in terms yes. of who's going to get what. And uh, this is not an immediate annuity. This is just a fixed annuity. Yes. Correct? Okay. I just want to see if I haven't, I haven't looked at annuity rates. The difference between a fixed and the annuity I was talking about is that a fixed annuity just pays you a stated rate for a stated period of time. It's a relatively simple annuity. Um, in terms of safety, there I have a little dispute when they say that they are the safest um, or 100% safe because... I don't believe that anything, even a government guarantee is 100% safe, but a government guarantee is safer than than an insurance company's guarantee. And right now, a five-year fixed annuity is paying about 5.4%. So uh, that's the going rate. It is safe. 
What you might want to do, though, is check out what the surrender charge is and what other restrictions there might be after this annuity matures. What what happens to it then? Do they automatically roll it into a new annuity? What do they do then? What are the rates like? Um, Because it's not a terrible thing, but I am not a big fan of annuities because there's so much confusion about them in terms of how much the salesperson makes from them, in terms of what other fees might be associated with them for uh, and and that big surrender charge and, and what that might be if you need to get at the money before five years is up. Yes. Um, the uh, thought was you have, he said there's like a 30-day at the end of the annuity to make a decision okay. whether to take it or to roll it over. So you have like a 30-day. Okay, well, then it is crit- – if you want to do something like this, I, I, it's critical that you note that date because you don't want it to roll automatically. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. And Nancy brings up something that I think warrants more discussion, and that is the the differences between a fixed annuity, not a fixed index annuity, but a fixed rate annuity and certificates of deposit. Let's spend a little time on those because the differences are worth considering. And, and they, as with everything, it's very, very different, difficult to quantify how this might shake out in the future because we don't know the future. But for example, let's look at the rates. That 5.4 sounds great in the environment we've had over the past few years, but it's not as great as it appears. We think, well, 5.4, that's a lot more than I can get at a bank. Well, no, not really. Brokered CD rates are so high, particularly at that lovely little, uh, that, that shorter to intermediate term from five or from uh, a year to five years, that a brokered CD at five years it's paying about 4.6% right now. So if you're in the annuity that's paying 5.2 or less, is it worth taking the annuity? Are they equally guaranteed? The annuity is guaranteed by the insurance company. That's almost like the bank saying, well, we've got a lot of money in the bank. We guarantee it. Remember what happened in the 30s when banks guaranteed Yeah, they had to start the FDIC to make sure that there was an actual guarantee. So banks today, federally chartered banks, are guaranteed by FDIC. That is very safe. Insurance companies, eh. Now, they have state guarantee pools. Some state guarantee pools are flush with cash. Others, not so much. So if an annuity company, the issuer of the annuity, got into trouble, could you lose money? Yes. Are you likely to? No. Has it happened before, though, that people have had to at least wait many years to get paid back with annuities? Yes. With banks? No. So there is a safety difference. The other difference is the confusion difference. And the insurance policies, boy, when you buy a CD, you don't get a book to read. 
when you buy or are about to buy, well, no, actually after you buy, you're going to get disclosure documents that can be quite lengthy and very difficult to read. If you are considering, you actually think you want to buy a fixed annuity from a salesperson, then you must read all of the disclosure documents before you give them any money. Don't let them say, well, we'll send those out to you later. No, no, no. Oh, you can get out later. No, before you cut them a check, you read every word. You want to know all of the possibilities down the road because policies differ, differ one for the other. And as she said, as they, they do, there are writers that can really affect you and affect your return down the road. There are surrender charges that can lock you in. You need to know all of these things. Sure, with a CD, you're locked in too. But you know with the CD what that penalty is. It's pretty clear. It's three months interest or something similar. What's the surrender charge if you want to get out of this annuity? You need to know. You need to make a, a fair comparison. And it is one of the things that's very difficult about the insurance industry is that they are masters of obfuscation and opacity. The last thing the insurance industry wants is disclosed clarity. They do not, they can't give you a simple little one-page sheet that says, here are all the risks, here are all the good things. No, it, it's, it's, as a matter of fact, they put the good things in a one-sheet thing and all the potential bad things in that big disclosure document. So you better read it or you better not give them the money. Now, why would a broker be more likely to sell an annuity as opposed to a brokered CD or a bond, high-quality uh, index bond fund. It all comes down to commissions. The commissions on brokered CDs are a couple of pennies on the dollar. The, uh, I mean, fractions of pennies on the dollar. The commissions on annuities are substantial. They're the kinds of things that can make an agent's month. Whereas a brokered CD isn't even going to cover their daily income needs. So consider why. Why are they selling a fixed annuity over other potential products that have more clarity? It is almost always, and I'm giving them the massive benefit of the doubt. I would pretty much say it's always. It's always because they make more commission on it. It's just across the board. So be very, very wary. Can you find good fixed annuities? Absolutely. Do we ever see a potential use for a fixed annuity? Yeah, I guess. For an immediate annuity, more likely. For somebody who wants a steady income. But can you find better ways to do it if you're a qualify, a really highly qualified financial planner advisor? Yeah, you almost always can find better ways, but they're more work for the advisor. They're a lot more work for the advisor, and annuity is easy. It's an easy sell. You collect your commission. You move on to the next customer, and we want to see you do the best for yourself and know all the differences so that you can make an informed decision. Isn't that reasonable? Shouldn't you know everything there is to know about the downside of a product before you get into it? When was the last time you ever, ever had an advisor or a broker or an insurance salesperson say, 
I want you to take all the time you need to read this prospectus or these disclosure documents before you invest. You ever heard one say that? I, I haven't. In fact, it's discouraged. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. If you've got questions, I'm going to try and have answers for you. And we've got, well, we still got quite a bit of time left before the year comes to an end. So give me a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an appellate advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So, scan or take a picture of all those pages you gathered, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And by the way, you can call 24-7 and ask questions. And then we record them and can use them when we don't have calls or on the podcast like, well, like this. Hello, Tom and Don. Uh, Chris calling from Portland, Oregon. I recently discovered your podcast and love it for both the great information you share and the reality about the financial industry that you inject. It's much appreciated. My question, what should I consider when selecting the cost basis for my mutual fund and ETF accounts? What are your recommendations for choosing between the various options? Thanks very much for fielding my question. Cheers. So you're talking about <laughs> you can you can either uh, pick first in first out or last in first out or you can designate specific shares. Um, I there's no simple answer because it's it's a it's almost a prediction based thing. You can uh, choose the one that is most advantageous to you at the time, but you know that could turn around and bite you in the derriere later. It just the answer to almost all of these questions is it depends. I personally have always defaulted to the simplest of all. The first shares I buy are the first shares I sell. And that's FIFO, first in, first out. Um, they're, they could do specific identification, but <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, and I, and I really don't think it's likely to make that big a difference because almost everything I have, I am either holding for the long, long, long haul or in a market like 2022, I'm dumping it in one fell swoop so it doesn't matter because I'm dumping the whole darn thing to take a tax loss. So most people go with FIFO. It is almost always the default 
There are advantages and disadvantages to the others, and they're all based on what your tax hit will be at that particular time. So I hope that helps, but basically the answer is, once again, it depends. And again, the number is 855-935-TALK, and we have another one that came in to uh, to the phone number when we weren't actually taking calls, like we weren't here during the show. Hi, Don and Tom. Thank you very much for your informative and entertaining podcast. I always find it unusual when I enjoy a laugh listening to a financial podcast. So thank you for that aspect. I've been listening to you and Paul Merriman for a couple of years now, and I am still seeking a satisfying withdrawal strategy. I am a high-income professional in my late 30s with the goal of saving enough money by age 50 to retire very comfortably if I no longer enjoy working. I find flexible withdrawal strategies to be most sensible for my situation, as I do plan to have more than enough such that I can afford to reduce my withdrawals when the market is down, thereby attenuating the sequence of return risk. However, I want to spend the majority of my money before I die, which is why I'm not satisfied with a strategy like simply withdrawing 5% of my year-end portfolio balance each year. If the real return of my portfolio is around 5% per year in retirement, and I withdraw 5% each year, then my portfolio balance should remain nearly constant throughout retirement, which would result in a large sum of unspent money when I die. How can I spend most of my money during retirement without a significant risk of running out of money before I run out of time? Here's the best idea I have, and I'd like to hear your feedback. Mm -hmm. I could withdraw 5% of my year-end portfolio balance each year in my 50s, then 6% in my 60s, 7% in my 70s, 8% in my 80s, 9% in my 90s, and 10% per year beginning at age 100 should I achieve that age. My portfolio should slowly shrink over time, but the increasing withdrawal rate over time should maintain spending power. What do you think? Thanks for the advice, and thank you for your show. You're a planner. You are a planner. And you're a thinker. You're a planner and thinker. <laughs> uh, I think maybe you're overthinking it a little bit. Here's what I would do. I would go with the with the uh, the flexible because I love the flexible. That's where you take out a set amount, set percentage of the value of your portfolio at the beginning of the year, and that's your spending money for the year. And 5%, actually 5%, we've run the number in, in – a variety of time frames and 5% almost always, in fact, yeah, pretty much always has provided an increase in the value over time so that you end up dying with more money than you started with. So here's another option because it invokes the, the true flexibility of humanity. We're flexible creatures and our lives throw things at us when we least expect them. And it may be that in your 60s, you suddenly say, well, I've got so much money. I don't want to leave it. I want a yacht today. I want that new expensive car. I really, really want that uh, that that beachfront chalet or whatever. you got that much money. But you don't want to run out. So what you can do, this is where a good advisor comes in really handy. Why not 
use your advisor on a regular basis every couple of years or when you feel like it's time for a big expenditure to calculate in that new expenditure, that big purchase, and run a new Monte Carlo simulation to see what is what is the likelihood that now continuing at that 5% withdrawal after that big purchase, you're going to run out of money. Um, if it's still quite low, you make the big purchase when you want to make the big purchase. And you just do that every now and again when it's time to make the big purchase because the way you're doing it, you're going to be spent, you're going to have a lot of money to spend in your 90s and are probably going to be physically less able to enjoy all that spending. Whereas in your 50s or 60s or 70s, you're well able to enjoy it and you want to make those big purchases and spend it down. So I would make it a an even more flexible strategy. I would not a, try to a, apply a rule to it. I would apply a, I will do this when I want to buy a big thing. I will recalculate my future. And you, even without an advisor, you could probably do that online by yourself. But this is one of the advantages to having an advisor is they can sit down with you and say, oh, yeah, go ahead. This year, do 15%. You know, you've you've been up the last few years. We you, we know that you were good at this number because that's the other thing is you you'll know in the future you'll have a better idea what your true living expenses are anyway, and you'll know whether you can take more or less out. So I I would make it ultimately flexible, and I think flexibility is the key to everything financial. You need to have rules, and then you need to have flexibility within those rules. You need to have a plan. But the plan needs to take into account extenuating circumstances along the way and have wiggle room. And it sounds like you could do that. But I don't think I would go with the, the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 rule. Because when you're at 100 and you got $20 million or whatever you've managed to grow over that whole time, do you really think you can spend at 100, 2 million a year? I don't know. Remember, you can call us anytime at 855-935-TALK. We're talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And this is our last live show for the year. So um, our next live show will be in a new year. And one of the things that happens with new years is that many of us want to make a new start, particularly when it comes to money. And a lot of you are thinking, okay, I need to talk to an, a, a real-life fiduciary advisor, but I'm still going to be a DIYer. Where in the world can I find somebody I can talk to who isn't going to try and sell me something? Oh, I know where. Us, our firm of Pella Wealth. We're going to help you for free, for nothing, with no obligation and no sales pitch. All you have to do is make a simple appointment at TalkingRealMoney.com. You realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 